Hey everyone, I'm Brian Conley of Hunters HD Gold, and you're listening to Season 2 of Hunters HD Gold Behind the Lens. This podcast takes a deep dive into what it takes to be a match director, manufacturer, sponsored shooter, or just an everyday shooter trying to win his or her first major. So sit back and enjoy this episode of Hunters HD Gold Behind the Lens. Welcome back to another episode of Hunter's HD Go Behind It Lens. Today I'm sitting down with John Vlieger, who has been, I've known now for about almost three years and does a lot of shooting, has gone through a lot in his shooting career over the um, history of his shooting. We'll go through that in a little bit. But how you doing, John? Doing pretty well, Brian. Thanks for having me on. Man, uh, thank you so much. You're very welcome for um, um, everything that, you know, being able to do over the years. It's been, you've been very nice to me since the very beginning. <laughs> nice and, to me too. And it's been, it's one of those things when I came in out of the sport, just out of nowhere, I was on. Um, nervous, excited, nervous, excited. And the people that um, were nice to me from the very beginning will always have a place in my heart. And you were one of those people that came up and introduced yourself and we talked and we became, you know, good friends. And I understand, understand a lot about your, your shooting styles early on, which was kind of cool because you were one of the first people I got to kind of study a little bit because I watched people for a living. And it's one of those things that kind of was cool, which we'll talk about in a second. But when did you even pick up a gun for the first time? What, how far back does this go? Uh you know, instructed on how to shoot by my father uh, when I was younger, but my father-in-law, my now father-in-law, uh, when I was dating his daughter, uh, mm-hmm. took me to a USPSA match. And uh, how was that? Uh, that was when I was 15 years old, so roughly 0405-ish. Oh, oh wow! Okay. And uh, I'll never forget it because uh, the last stage, I was shooting his edge uh, in 40. I started the match, started the stage with uh, I think four mags, simple stage, Texas Star, and some poppers, and I think I had two rounds left at the end. It was a very humbling experience. You know, someone to play video games a lot. You think you can shoot. You think that you have the hand-eye coordination and you go to test it and you realize you suck a lot more than you thought you did. Right. So that was kind of the first uh, taste I got of USPSA. In that you kind of went thing. to your first major shooting and it was USPSA. It wasn't still a challenge. It wasn't no. just shoot, just right in USPSA. Mm-hmm. That's what my father-in-law uh, did. Uh, so that's what we went and did. Uh, when I turned 21 and came back from my second tour in Iraq, uh, got a carry permit, you know, and my goal was not to compete. My goal was to just get more competent with the gun that I'm carrying. You know, I wanted to know that my first of all, my firearm worked and, uh, know that I have some reasonable ability to be safe with it and effective. Uh, and then that turned into when I moved to Alaska in, uh, mid 11, uh, it was one of the few things to do that was fun. Uh, right. on a monthly basis. So well, I've yeah, got a lot from there. I got a lot to get decompressed. I want to step back in history a little bit <laughs> because how old were you when you went to your first USPS match with your father-in-law? About 15. Okay. So you're 15 years old. You've never been to, an, you, did you see the match? Have you seen matches on you? Well, internet wasn't even real big. I mean, I, YouTube yeah, wasn't big. What, did, probably, did, you have, did you have any idea what you were walking into? Do you remember? Um, Not really. You were so, just trying to impress him because you're dating his daughter? Basically at, at the time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, it worked out okay. Oh no, it did. Uh, but I mean, I'm just trying to understand because I remember when I first went to my first just anything match mind, and I was blown away. Keep in mind, Brian, I've loved guns since I was six years old, you know, okay. seven years old. We have we had a cabin in Montana, 20 acres, and that's where I learned how to shoot. So you grew up in Montana? No, uh, we had a vacation oh. uh, cabin, bought it cheap in the early 90s and yeah. put a lot of money into it. You know, it's sold now, but it was our family vacation. Uh, it's where we go in summers, you know, okay. you know, springs, that kind of thing. And uh, I learned how to shoot there, you know, uh, accurate. I started with the BB gun. Mm-hmm. Earned the trust, my father moved on, so on, so forth. So I, I've loved firearms, the history of them, the mechanical, how they work, how they've helped shape, like love them or hate them. Uh, f- modern firearms and even, you know, uh, prior to that, firearms have shaped the world we live in. It has helped to draw, you know, boundaries and it's helped shape culture and, and everything across the world ever yes. since black powder was invented. Right. Uh, so understanding and appreciating them from that aspect is where I started. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then turning 21, I was able to finally, uh, you know, purchase them more easily at least and, right. and uh, do that. And USPSA or the action shooting sports in general were my, it's the main aspect or not main aspect, main, main outlet you have to actually do something with this piece of equipment you purchased. Right. Uh, every firearm I own has a, has a purpose. That's like, right. It, it was either uh, gift gifted to me and it's going to stay that way, you know, from my family uh, or it's a tool that I use for either hunting or self-protection mm-hmm. uh, or competition. Like there okay. is no real in between. I don't have guns that I don't shoot unless they're, you know, given to me or have a very niche purpose. So like I trade competition guns left and right. They don't have any intrinsic, you know, sentimental value to me, right. but I love guns in general. So mm-hmm. when you think about it, uh, this actually ties in well with the popularity of carry optics is, you know, 
it's biggest division for a reason. It's fun. Yes. You know, it's easy to get into it with this uh, off the shelf gun. It's what production could have been. Right. Is a great way of putting it. Actually, it's what production had the potential to be, mm -hmm. uh, just with added red dots now. Uh, but people are coming into this because they go buy a 320 with an optic or a right. Koenig or what have you. And they're like, Hey, I want to, I want to use this. Hey, mm -hmm. I can run around with a handgun and shoot at cardboard and steel. And it's an easy entry to do that. So right. when you ask like, why did I start until didn't start until steel challenge? Cause USPSA is more fun. No, I get it. <laughs> but when you're 15, you finished your first match at that moment. Did you realize this match was more fun than trying to impress my father-in-law? Or was did it, he, or, or did, no. did it, did it stick then is what I'm trying to ask when, it, when you were that age? Um, it stuck, stuck in my mind, but I had other stuff okay. going on. Okay. You know, I was go going into college. So uh, it wasn't something you like, you, it wasn't a situation like, when are we doing that again? The, the opportunity wasn't there. So it wasn't really a, a present thing. It okay. was, uh, it was something that we did then and <laughs> it became more, more available. You know, I was at Fort Bragg, North Carolina, then deployed to Iraq mm -hmm. and then back. And then I was at Fort Lewis. Then I deployed again very shortly after that. So right. life was a little hectic. Did you, would you play sports in no. high school? Oh, uh, well, wrestling. That was, that was about it. Wrestling? Uh, yeah. I've okay. never been a big fan of team sports. Well, that's, that's a very, <laughs> it, that's, where I was, that's where I was going to correlate with USPSA because wrestling is an independent yes. re results driven sport. Win or lose, it's your fault. That's right. Period. And that's why I was going with that because of the competition mm -hmm. side of things, there's a drive there. So you went from high school and you went directly into the, Military? Yes. I directly, uh, joined the army at uh, 17 years and two weeks old, actually. Was that something that was an opportunity that you wanted to do or had to do? What What some people... I was trying to get away from home. Okay. And that's honest. fine because I, mean, I was never... I'll just be blunt. I was I was scared. I was never brave enough to want to join the military. Thought about it, but I was I was just not that... I was not that person to know that I wanted, I, w I enjoyed being at home. <laughs> I wasn't a mother's boy or a daddy's yeah, boy, but I enjoyed the security of safety. And that's what kept me from joining the military. I respect so many people that did. I just, I just wasn't my calling. No, and that's fine. And I, I wouldn't, I would never claim that I was brave right. doing it. And you know, I did not, I tell people I didn't join out of patriotism. So I, I am a patriot, but it, I, it was a way to just get out of the house. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, and I like to say I was the only, all three of us, uh, kids, I have two sisters, one older, one younger. Okay. All three of us left home around the same time within a year, you know, time frame. Uh, I'm the only one who stayed gone. Wow. Uh, they, they ended up moving back to Washington. You know, they pursued, my sisters have done amazing things. They're very well educated. So, so this women. is all in Washington state. Yeah. Washington okay. state. Very good. But, uh, but yeah, I stayed gone, pursued my own thing, you know, uh, been married to my wonderful wife for 13 years now. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but I really got into USPSA after my Afghanistan tour. I was going through some rough stuff in my life and, uh, shooting was a way to get out of the house. And for those 10, 15, whatever seconds you're on the clock, they're, mm -hmm. I've said this for years. There are no bills to pay while you're on the clock. Okay. There's nothing tomorrow. There's nothing yesterday. It's you're living in the moment. It is one of the purest forms of escapism. Uh, there is, you know, okay. it's, it's little, it's, it's almost like a high. You're taking little hits at a time from, from, uh, uh, are you ready to, you know, range is clear. So this was your therapy in a way. Yeah. Okay. hundred percent. When you got out of Afghanistan and I didn't know if that, but I'll make sure. Thank you for oh, what you thanks. have done in the service. Um, when you got out of Afghanistan and you said, I want to go shooting, was the USPSA the first thing that came to your mind? Was there any other thing else? Was opportunity? Was it just opportunity that was there again? Uh, it, it was there. There was two clubs uh, in the summer and one during the winter in uh, the Anchorage area. And uh, so we're in Alaska now. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I, I'm jumping around a lot. No, I, uh, I, I want to make sure I understand because it's just uh, I, I conversation. I want to make sure I'm staying uh, up rest with. <laughs> to, to fill you in, uh, joined in 06, deployed mid 07 with 82nd Airborne to okay. Iraq, came back mid 08, end of 08, moved to Fort Lewis, Washington. Okay. Uh, mid 09, deployed to Iraq again. Uh, mid 10, came back from Iraq. Uh, and then mid 11, moved to Alaska. And then end of 11, went to Afghanistan. End of uh, 12, came back. And then left Alaska in fourteen. So I was all over the place. Did you meet your wife in Alaska? No, I met my wife at church camp actually when I was okay. when I was fifteen. Uh, reason I was asking that cool. Fifteen. Okay, that's right. Because back, back for a while back. <laughs> yeah. Never mind. We're back in that again. Yeah. But this. Well, let's back up then. So what wanted to keep you in Alaska? Uh, funny story. Uh, I had been at Fort Lewis for three years, mm -hmm. deployed with them, and I saw my buddies of my same job getting pulled back to Fort Bragg. And uh, I don't know if you have anybody in your audience that 
lives in the Fayetteville or knows of oh, the yeah. Fayetteville, North Carolina most area. Most uh, there's a reason why people call it Vietnam. <laughs> uh, it's not exactly a vacation spot. Right. So I was trying to avoid going back to the other side of the country. Okay. Uh, and I called uh, the branch manager and said, Hey, what's, uh, what's cracking, you know, elsewhere. Cause if you volunteer to go somewhere, you don't, you're not at the whim of a big army to send you somewhere where you don't want to go. That's right. Uh, they said, hey, well, Alaska's going to Afghanistan end of the year. I'm like, let me talk to the wife. Wife cried. I said, yeah, we'll go to Alaska. Uh, so it was not, we ended up loving it. It was right. It was amazing. Uh, if you ever have a chance to go visit Anchorage. So she's, do. so your wife's a very strong person. Cause uh, she yeah. stayed, she stayed with you through two tours. Three. Three tours. We were, dating, we were dating for the first one. Wow. Yeah. So that was, it was kind of funny actually in that respect. We're getting off, off shooting no, a little bit. bit no, but I, I go everywhere with my, yeah, uh, <laughs> the, uh, we got married at 20. Okay. And got a lot of flack from family about we're too young, all this, that, and the other. And it's, at one point you have to say, we've been dating for five years. Ish. She was with me through a tour in Iraq. We've been to counseling. We've met with our pastor. You know, we've taken this under consideration. This has been planned for years. Uh, and, you know, hey, maybe they thought the odds were stacked against us, but so far so good. Uh, but that was a, for reference, you know, when her being with me throughout that time, it was five years of dating and then we've been married ever since. Wow. But uh, yeah, she is a very strong person to put up with uh, what I put her through. Well, congratulations Thanks. on last and as long as you have so far. You're in Alaska. Mm -hmm. You're still active duty and want to go shoot? Or are you not active duty anymore when you started shooting USPSA? Oh, no, I, I exited the U.S. Army uh, in 2016. Okay. So uh, around, uh, I didn't really get hard and heavy into USPSA style shooting until about mid-14. Okay. Uh, up in Alaska, I actually first met uh, Mike C. Clander and then J.J., Right. Uh, at the two small state level matches they had, one was an outlaw steel match and one was the you know state championship. It was a level one, but right. it was a uh, I won limited actually at uh at that. But met Mike, met JJ, started looking into the you know the big the the greats of the sport and what they're capable of. I started expanding my outlook basically. I've been so focused on me and my little cluster of 20, 30 people you see every weekend mm -hmm. or every other weekend. I didn't really care about who's winning big matches. We're in Alaska. Nobody, right. nobody cares about us. And we don't really care about lower 48 because it doesn't matter. Right. Uh, but then I moved to Fort Campbell and uh, split in the line of Kentucky and Tennessee. And I started caring. I started being, having access. Uh, so mid uh, early 15 uh, was my first major, real major I shot down at uh, Florida Open mm -hmm. with a really good friend of mine, Ken Rose. I think you know Ken. Yep. Uh, that man, I take a bullet for him any day of the week and twice on Sunday. Uh, he helped me get where I am today and still a really good friend. What is that? The help in training or help in life? Mindset and life. life. Okay. Yeah. He's been a, he's a, he's a great American. We'll put it that way. Right. I can't speak uh, highly enough of him. That's awesome. Did you um, take any other training classes before you started realizing that was like, Hey, I, I want to, well, let me back up for you, for you answer that question. Because when did you realize besides winning limited that you was like going, I want to continue to pursue this. You know what? Because there had to be a, a button. That it was, got it, was that, it was that first mate. Uh, uh, Florida Open 2015. That was uh, it. I saw that Ken Rose signed up. Messaged him, "Hey, do you want to carpool? You know, from uh, I'll drive drive down to Atlanta area, <clears throat> and then we'll call, carpool down to Florida." Mm -hmm. And uh, we did that. It was a great time. I get back from that event, and I'm going over the match videos and stuff with my wife, bragging and excited about it. And I look at her and say, "Like, I I want to do this as much as possible." What did she say? Uh, or, how, or how does she feel about the, 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 what, well, yeah, what'd she say? I don't, can't remember her exact words. She's always been supportive. Okay. But, uh, it, it was, it was kind of funny that first year I had went from C, I was stuck in C for two years and then I immediately made B and I was about to make a pretty within a short time period. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I told her as I want to make master by the end of the year. And she kind of did this, uh, you know, a little light pat in the shoulder and go, Oh, <laughs> honey, it's good to have goals. Okay. And, uh, you know, we're, we're very sarcastic to no, each other, awesome. but, but, uh, no, I made master right at the end of the year and right. I met that goal and I picked up an open gun and realized how much I loved it. Was that because you, um, did it on paper or did it by winning matches? Uh, every, I can't remember the master. I know that major match uh, placements. Yes. Actually, major match. Uh, actually, funny little side note. Please. Uh, the, what was it? The Delaware, Delmarva, uh, yep. Delmarva uh, sectional in 2015 uh, got rained out hard, like a tree fell down on the stage and people on shooting on Saturday couldn't finish. Mm -hmm. Like literally, they just left. <clears throat> like, no, it's two feet of water. We have, you're going to have to come back tomorrow to finish shooting once it's all drained away. And right. some of the top guys said, screw that. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not coming back. So, 
I shot an okay match. I made a lot of mistakes back then, uh, a lot more so than today, uh, these days anyway. And I took like 94% or 95% of the limited winner, like something that should not have happened. Okay. And back then it was all individual review of matches to get them as classifiers. Unlike today where it's an automatic. Oh, so that was before the, the system. Yeah. Before the automatic system. These yeah. days, if you have three GMs at 90% or above That's right. and at least 50 competitors in that division, it's an automatic classification um, match. Yep. Luigi found that out. Yep. And uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, so essentially that was a huge bump and that auto bumped me to master uh right after yeah right after nationals so i took first a in limited mm -hmm. at nationals and then the next week when they ran the whatever the update or the next month i was a master in 16 in 15 in 15 excuse yeah, me yeah. the the real big uh jump in in skill to, to answer your real question no mm -hmm. i have not taken any classes from any specific people i'm roughly self-taught uh very roughly took a lot of money and rounds to get there. I'll put it that way. Right. But, uh, I picked up an open gun and did, then, did you ever think about doing training or what did, what was it? Was it a money issue or a pride issue? What was it? I mean, cause uh, there's, there's definitely some pride. There, oh, that's why especially at this point. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, really it's more about time and incl inclination. Okay. Uh, I have my own range now, my own home range. So, mm -hmm. uh, I've been shooting, you know, 150, 200 rounds a day for the last few weeks and prep for this match. Did you watch the, the, the super squad and how they did things to learn? Did you, do it through mm. osmosis and watching things well like so, that. and i've gotten this question before if i had to sum it up in one thing i already was athletic at the time okay uh, more so then than now for sure uh i was powerlifting a lot i had a lot of core strength and a lot of uh, oh, uh powerlifting as a hobby or in the military hobby oh um, really yeah it was one of the things that helped me get through some rough times and okay uh the i was really into it as a personal endeavor you know uh winning against myself mm -hmm. so to speak uh but it helped, it helped me cut weight when I was in Afghanistan. It's something that I could do. I hate cardio. Yeah. Uh, and, and doing cardio at 7,000, 7,500 feet is a little rough. Yeah. But, um, but no, I had a lot of uh, lower body strength. I was able to explode from positions. Mm -hmm. I was uncoordinated. I was inefficient in what I did, but I was fast in what I did. Right. And, uh, you know, shooting major, there's a lot of room for, you know, hey, if you chuck Alpha Charlie's a lot, you know, that's still better than Alpha Charlie shooting minor. Yeah. Uh, so that helped with that. But no, I would say it was that, uh, just the base level athleticism helped me. And then I started, I was very motivated. I was very motivated to win and mo motivated to go fast and go faster. And, mm -hmm. uh, so that was kind of, you know, I got asked by a buddy after a, a match in 15 where I did really well. I think I took third or second to, to, uh, Coley or Vogel. I forget who was shooting Coley. Mm -hmm. It was Coley shooting that day. And, uh, buddy asked me, man, do you just go into every stage wanting to win that stage, wanting to crush it? And I'm like, huh? Yeah, I guess so. Like, I didn't really think about it. It wasn't, you know, and I'm not trying to say like, oh, I'm lucky. And this was just all happened by, you know, there was still, there was still working. Well, I am lucky in the, in the, there's a, some element of natural talent to everybody. Mm -hmm. there, you know, your natural built-in hand-eye coordination matters. Okay. Uh, your natural athleticism, you know, uh, or lack thereof, you know, can all affect your shooting. This is a physical sport. It's mm -hmm. a physical event. So was, you made a comment that powerlifting was a hobby. When you first started shooting, did you think of it as a hobby or was it going to be your sport from the very beginning? No, no. This was initially up until 15, this was a hobby. This okay. was a, a side project. So it started off as a hobby as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, it's be. This was a therapy session, like you said earlier. Exactly. It helped with everything, trying to deal with things. It gave you that, you know, hmm? 20 something seconds of no bills, no everything. And now. And something to work towards. Okay. Something to see development in your own self. You know, even if you're dry firing poorly, mm -hmm. you're still doing reps. You're still building some, uh, some expertise in you know, side alignment and, uh, proper, gr proper grip and draw. Uh, and really, man, even if you do something poorly, you do it enough times, you're going to get better at doing it the poor way at least. Right. Uh, so maybe there was a, t a lot of that involved, right. but uh, I think there's a, I think the athleticism played a big part in the beginning and gave me that leg up to give me time to become more efficient and more accurate. Okay. It allowed me to not get, uh, you know, disheartened or discouraged with my performance during that struggle. Right. Uh, the last few years in particular have been a, uh, with COVID has given me some time to take a step back and look at what I need to improve on. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I, I see it in my points percentage, just being a little bit more calm, you mm -hmm. know, with my movements, being a little more precise with what I intend to do with the pre-planning, mm -hmm. uh, stage walkthroughs have gotten a lot more uh, efficient. I'll say identifying critical areas, identifying where the wheels can come off and, 
trying to program just a little bit more breaks into that position or what right. have you uh, as really seeing benefits. So we went from end of 15, became a master in limited. limited yeah. um, what did 16 look like for you? Cause that, that would, that, oh, you hit your goal. Yeah. You went home to your, your wife and I'll just, well, I'll, I'll, I'll ad lib here and say, Hey, ha ha, I did it. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And now I'm going to be a grandmaster. <laughs> Actually. Yes. So uh, I won a limited gun in a raffle, uh, in September ish of 15. And I'm like, I don't need a third limited gun. This one needs work to make it what I want, you know, this, that, and the other. So mm -hmm. I'm like, so I, eh, I'm going to sell it. I'm going to trade it. And I found a guy selling an old true bore. So it was a flat trade for this limited gun and his beat up true bore. Uh, and I think I paid a few hundred bucks for a ton of mags, you know, mm -hmm. so it was a turnkey package because I already had the rig, you mm -hmm. know, with race holster for limited. And, uh, I put like a hundred rounds through it at an indoor range three days before I was leaving for limited nationals. And my mind was blown. I'm like, holy, like I'm putting rounds exactly where I want them to go. Mm -hmm. You know, that red dot is giving me instant feedback. It's showing me my trigger control, everything. And I text Ken Rose. I'm like, Ken, open is fun as hell. <laughs> and he goes, you know, there's always walk-on slots for open nationals happening, happening immediately after limited. I need to text work and get some more time off. Hold on. So, Where are we working at then? Oh, are still active duty. Okay. Uh, but I, I was okay. I was in a really cool position though. They were very lenient with what nice. I did nice. at the time. I was real lucky. But uh, so yeah, I just added two more days of leave to my my leave packet, right. and uh, I I never, I never forget. I placed uh, at seventy two ish percent in limited first A at like forty third ish, and the only thing I changed was I shot shot open. Two okay. days later, with that, that's before I get into the sport. So mm -hmm. educate me here. Was there a lot of stage swap over? Or was it the same stages? Uh, what I've noticed over the years is that the rule of uh, thirds, uh, usually when there's back to backs, a third of the stages will basically stay the same. Mm -hmm. Maybe they'll change from IPSC to USPSA <clears throat> targets or, right. or change it from a unloaded start to unloaded. And but, it was like that back in 16? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. So that, I, that's why I was asking because mm -hmm. I know what 15, I've experienced 16. since I've been going where that, you know, changeover happens. And now they're if we're coming up this nationals, actually having two days of changeover yeah. to make it even more than a third. And, and, and so, that's, that, that's, that's great. What I'm saying is a third doesn't change. A third, they'll change some fault lines, right. you know, but the majority of target locations stays the same. And a third, they completely revamp. Right. But I went from 72%, 43rd. And the only change was I now I'm shooting open with no practice for the open. And I jumped to 78% and 33rd. Okay. So I saw an instant. It wasn't that. So do you give most of that credit to the gun or to be seeing the stages again? That's a great question. You know, I was more confident on the stages for sure, mm -hmm. but I did play find the dot, you know, here and there around corners and such. But I think it was more a display that open, let me go faster. Okay. It, it, uh, the red dot didn't hold me back as much as irons with irons. You know, I was still playing the, oh no, wait for a side alignment. And with red dot, you know, by and large, you can get away with just red on brown. I mean, a lot of deltas, you know, a few mm -hmm. mics and stuff. But overall, I had better accuracy or at least better speed shooting open. And it let me put the mm -hmm. gas on. It let me push down on that accelerator harder. Even with the splits of the, of the pulling the trigger faster? I mean, even if I wasn't, I mean, my splits with limited weren't bad. So right. I'll, I'll, that's neither here nor there. People get wrapped up around splits. And that's why I asked the question, because I don't. I'm not. I'm not, no, I'm not, think, I'm not, think about not this classified. Way. I'm just curious. Iron sights is for an inexperienced person, which I was at the time, uh, are a limiting factor. So if you already have decent trigger control grip and or at least consistent trigger control and grip built from limited, but your limiting factor in limited are the sights. All of a sudden you take that limitation away and it's an open sighting system, a red dot on there. Your fundamentals did not change. Mm -hmm. The platform, the grip angle, the holster, the mags, everything, everything stays the same, except now you are removing that limiting factor of having to line up sites. Mm -hmm. uh, so it allows you to, uh, you're, it's one less thing to worry about. Okay. So it's, you know, you're able to just floor it on the interstate instead of trying to floor it, you know, surrounded by traffic, I guess is a really crappy analogy, but that's at least, and I was more fun. It was more fun. And what sucks is I haven't really shot open for fun in the last several years. It's, right. about, it's about the competition. I, I actually have more fun shooting carry optics because it's more challenging. It's right. or not more challenging than open. It's a, it's a change of pace. It's different mm -hmm. single stack, same way. Uh, open is about the competition. Open is about, you know, proving that I'm better today or, right. or you know, in that, that, uh, that vein. So we're in 16, you finished 33rd, I believe in, in, 15. in open. 
In 15. In 15, I shot back to back. First open match, took 33rd. Okay. Uh, and then in 16, I uh, was get, planning on getting out of the army mid April. I was going to take a break, but uh, I had money saved up and I'm like, honey, I want to do this as much as I can this year in particular. I shot 22 major events in Six, 2016. In 2016. Uh, Did she go with you a lot? Never. Okay. She doesn't like loud noises. Okay. Yeah. She has her own thing. She does. I have shooting sports. All right. But, uh, did it cause it? Did it, was it different? Not well, well, that's kind of a stupid question. I'm sorry because you were gone on tour. At least you're back after the weekend, but mm. so it didn't really cause any issues of you being gone then. Not really. I yeah. mean, obviously it's harder. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, well, it's not out of the country hard. No, no, yeah. <laughs> and we've, we've lived it, especially with the work I do now with Mark Seven. I'm right. going a lot anyway. Right. We have plans in place. You know, it's not, you know, it's not awesome. It's not amazing, but mm -hmm. it's understood. And, and we make we make time for each other. Uh, That's wonderful. So on 16, is that when the, the, the GM started happening? Uh, yes. Yeah, so, so what I was getting at is after nationals in 15, I get back excited, better progress. I'm like, I want to shoot open now. Mm -hmm. And I tell my wife, like, I want to make GM by the end of next year. And she, once and once did she again, tap you on the shoulder again? Yes, she did. <laughs> was that motivation or was like a little bit? Damn it. A little bit. And uh but no, it, it was a, you asked about uh match finish or yeah. or uh, classifiers. Uh my GM, every GM classification I've made has been at least four out of six for major match wow. results. Congratulations. And thanks. You know, and, and I tell people like uh, my biggest struggle had had always been classifiers, getting my mind in the right spot. Okay, don't screw it up, don't screw it up, don't screw ah, oh, you screwed it up. So much mm -hmm. pressure. When you're at a major match, you can just treat it like another stage. Just another stage. Stay in the same flow. Right. You know, understand that these same limitations that you've been already been shooting, you've already been shooting the match, whole match, treat it the same way mm -hmm. and can give you much better results. But it, it was, it's also a pride thing. I, I'm glad it worked out that way because, mm -hmm. you know, I never wanted to be a paper anything. Um, there's no, nothing wrong with that, you know, but uh, in 16, I really found what motivated me it was going fast and shooting open okay and uh it has expanded since then but i, I would say 16 i learned the most i won, okay. won my first level two uh cowtown classic i don't even know if it still happens any longer mm -hmm. uh confused some people with that because i was the a class at the time and uh people thought it was rigged or did you go back to alaska in 16 to shoot no i've not been a lot back to alaska since actually uh i want to it's just hard to schedule it and get mm -hmm. in next year actually next year is when i'm going to try to uh, it's not, not a qualifier year. World shoot, you know, is not happening. Right. If, if world shoot happens, which I really hope it does yeah. this year, next yeah. year will be kind of open to let me do whatever I want to do. Well, cool. Well, let me take a quick commercial break. Unless one of our sponsors and I want to get into more when I met you and go through some events through there. Sounds good. And we'll go from there. So stand by this one of our sponsors real quick. This week's podcast is brought to you by Kana Gold. Kana Gold is a premier lifestyle brand for those who work hard and play harder. There are many hemp companies out there that get lost in the crowd, but Kana Gold sets the gold standard with its premier line of products. When traveling all around with a magical mystery tour to different matches, I travel around with lots of different flavors, including pink grapefruit, candy apple, and vanilla cherry. Make sure to stop by and get some for yourself. They are all zero calories, zero sugar, use organic hemp, and are THC and CBD free. Competitive shooters love them because there's no shakes, no headaches, and no crash. When you order from conagoldhemp.com, make sure to use discount code HUNTERSHD for another 20% off. So I want to get into when I met you, which I believe if I'm wrong, we can definitely create, but I don't think it was after before then. But of course it wasn't because it was nine days of nationals. Yep. And, and that was the year I DQ'd. Yes, I didn't, forgot about that. So let me go into another match. And I'm just kidding. No, all kidding aside. But I remember meeting you and you were, um, you know, the, the normal skeptic of the um, the early days of my life where, you know, what the hell is this guy doing? You know, uh, and, 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 and I'm, I'm sorry it came off that way. But no, not you. It was, it was the entire sport. Yeah. <laughs> it was every single person is shooting today came off the same way. But it was you were very set in how you did things. And I never seen you shoot before, but I mean, I, I mean, you, you, you want to change. Nobody want to change anything. You want to do nothing different. It was, this is going to be, and you're almost like the Luigi Lee effect of like, I can tell you 17 things I don't like about it until you really got time to focus on it and, and, and do it. But where I'm going with this is, is I walked out there to watch you shoot. And cause I, that's when I was, I was first major match I'd ever been to. Mm -hmm. Saw a lot of shooters, but your intensity level back then once you got on the court we'll call it or on the at the, at the box was different 
than other competitors I'd seen because I watched people, like I said earlier, for you know, a living and, and read people for a living just because I've been in sales since I was 21. So I learned how to read body language, everything else. The good times on good stages that you had would be, a, you know, compared to the bad stages, you used to have, you know, if it wasn't, if it didn't go, go a certain way, you were very hard on yourself. Is, yeah. a, is a good way to put that, I, I think. What? Uh, overall, I was a more intense individual back then. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so uh, I shot a lot in the South uh, when I first started. 15, okay. 16, made some good friends down there. And uh, I shot Mississippi Classic, you know, two or three years in a row. Mm -hmm. And I had a lot of good friends down in Alabama, Mississippi area. Mm -hmm. And I took a break from shooting Mississippi up until 2020, I think it was. Okay. And I saw one or two of the same friends and uh, they had been drinking. And we're, you know, at the crawfish boil. Great event. If you ever have a chance to, shoot, uh, to, to show them. Wonderful match. Remember the first time I went to Mississippi class and they're going, you stand for the crawfish? No, I usually don't stay for after dinner or no, events. No, it's in the middle. He goes, no, no, no. You need to, it's right here and you need to do this. I was like, so I stayed and it was like, oh, it this was, is a, this it, is It was better party. than the match. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this, is the, this is why people actually came to this exactly. match now. <laughs> so, and I was sitting down with those friends I hadn't seen in a few years or, you know, they had kids and life took over. Mm -hmm. And, uh. You know, I was talking with him and he was a little drunk and he said, John, like, you've changed. And I'm like, how do you mean? It's like, you've calmed down. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, I tried to. Like, I don't like it. <laughs> and and uh, it's not what they were used to. And that's where I was going is too, because you have changed. Uh -huh. I've noticed it because I remember when you were as intense and, you know, when you were in your mode of ready, don't, don't walk close to me. Leave me alone. I'm, I'm, you know, you were not in a bad way, but I, I knew not to even ask you okay it's because you know you can read that leave me alone you yeah know, it's, it's, it's you have a, you have a radar around yeah. you and beep, 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 I, I, cross I, wear, that line. I wear my heart in my sleeve okay uh, and that's a that's a that's a downside most of the time okay um and uh, i've had a temper issue in my life over, over the years and that's something that i've constantly had to work on because mm -hmm. it has no place having a temper has no place with uh when you're running around with loaded firearms agreed uh and uh the I had a friend, he still shoots, but we shot a local. He had a reshoot. It went extremely poorly. And you could see it and frustrated, clutching. Ah, and then he holsters his gun, grabs his ear pro and chucks it over the berm. Mm -hmm. And we're driving. I drove with him to that match. And I, hey, man, Bob, I said, yeah, I almost threw my gun over the berm. Oh, and gosh. I'm like, and I'm really glad you did not do that no because doubt. I would not be able to shoot with you any longer. Right. You know, uh, that would, <laughs> that's a pretty egregious thing. So yeah. temper issues. There's no place well, we've seen we've seen people yeah. not in the even able to shoot the sport anymore when yeah. that happens. Mm -hmm. you know, uh, I've seen people walk off, you know, and you do it once or twice. Hey, that's mental management. You do it once a month. It's mm -hmm. maybe it's a sign you should take a step back and evaluate. Right. You know, I've had I've had anger and temper issues in my life, and uh, locking down those not even just shooting related, but you know, to be a healthy person, healthy mm -hmm. adult. Uh, it's not a good thing to see yourself flying off the handle without control. So. I can't, I can't, I don't want to change my energy level. I don't want to change where that energy is applied mm -hmm. with, you know, I like shooting. I like shooting sports. I'm decent at it and I enjoy the people in it and the, mm -hmm. the community. Uh, so how do I take that energy and make it more conducive to what I want? So who, who do I want to be? Like, forget who I am. Uh, what can I do with what I have? You know, do what you can, what you have, where you are. How can I focus my energies into being the person that I would want to squad with? Okay. Because looking back, I didn't want to, I wouldn't want to squab with me you okay. know, years ago. It's, you know, I was kind of the, I was the new kid on the block on the super squad. Uh, I was really high energy. I was that, that punk kid. And How did you feel, which is a word that's different than what it really was. Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that you understand when I'm going with this questioning. How did you feel when you first got on the super squad that people saw you? Uh, i because so, that, read that, you see where I'm going with this question. Yeah, okay. and, and to fill that in, I had a com good conversation. Uh, Mississippi Classic, something happened, and I had to leave the guy's place I was staying. I don't want to go into super detail, but it was okay. a, it was a, uh, a shocker in that regard. But I basically had a good chat with a friend after that incident happened, mm -hmm. and some other some other drama was going on. Talked to a good friend. I said, "Hey, man, like, am I doing something wrong? Like, what? Like, people? I'm not going to say they don't like me, but I'm getting the vibe that I'm the outcast. Not the outcast, but." Whatever. And I get told, hey man, like you got really good really fast. Okay. And, and that that ticks some people off. Okay. And it's not that they ticked it. And I've seen the same thing and I have to check myself on it. Like, no, no, no. They're doing the same thing you did, John. Sit down, shut up and color, focus on you. Uh, 
but that mentality still applies when you see someone coming up real fast. It's like, whether you like it or not, you get that feeling, oh, they didn't earn it or they haven't been doing this as long as I have. They didn't, they don't deserve this. It's petty is what it is. Mm -hmm. And identifying that in yourself is, is important. Do you, do you think that they thought you didn't have a respect for what oh, almost, they went yeah, through? Yeah. 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 Because, well, it, it didn't help that didn't, I was not as respectful as I could have been okay. as well in that okay. regard. A lot of booyah kind of mentality, you know, like, mm -hmm. oh, you know, and identifying that was important in the last few years, especially with COVID. Uh, I, uh, I lived on my own for six months down in Florida and I had a lot of time to stare at the ceiling and, you know, right. figure out what I wanted to do. And I realized that, no, I, I have to calm down it, it, because at the end of the day, at minimum, it helps shooting. Being more focused, like I said, I have that energy. I, I can't get rid of it. Um, it's slowly leaching away. Well, but you, if I can focus that energy into being more efficient, right? focus that energy into being a better competitor. Were you able to turn it off when you got home? That's what video games are for. Okay. Yeah. And uh, my, uh, yes. The, the short answer is yes. Well, I mean, you, of course it's yes, because you're still with your lovely <laughs> spouse. Because I don't think many people would put up with that. Mm -hmm. But... Did did she help identify that for you, um, or was that because she didn't see it because she wasn't at the range? Yes and no. She she's always been my rock with, okay. uh, with you know that self reflection. Mm -hmm. uh, I can't put a finger on her saying those exact words, but, right. but yeah, so she's been extremely supportive. And uh, but so this is more of a self realization thing, or you wanted yeah. to? So you didn't really have the attitude of like. I want to get along with others and, and want to change. No, you had to, to, are, are we allowed to use course language? Yes. On the podcast? Yeah, yeah, of course. I, I was a dick. Okay. I still kind of am. Okay. You know, and, and identifying that, you know, acceptance is like the first step to whatever in the, you know, all the step programs, Okay, you know, accepting that you have a problem, like right. looking in the mirror and saying like, you know, bro, be humble, Yeah, you know, do this. And it's not just putting on the persona of being humble. It's like, realize that you, especially with, being on podcasts like this or, you know, doing social media, representing stuff or, brands, representing brands, yes. doing you know, heck, a shooter's connection. I was an employee there. Yeah. And I'm an employee now, Mark seven. Yes. So my outward, uh, how I present myself to the public matters. Not, not, mm -hmm. not just for me. Anymore. Did you go straight from the military to shooter's connection? No, no, no. I did, uh, worked in a small engine shop for a year and a year and change. It was a great opportunity. Right. Uh, hated the work. Uh, uh, but, uh, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't even know how a four stroke engine operated. Yeah. But you learn when you learn mechanics real quick, I'm sure that had to help. Oh yeah, no, and, and it was a when other when other machines and parts are moving together, yeah, it makes it, more it sense. It was a more to lenient you. job. Mm -hmm. I was able to do continue doing shooting sports. You know, mm -hmm. boss didn't mind letting me take unpaid days off. Right. You know, here and there. Uh, so it was a good interim. How but, does uh, the so when you're shooting a little bit and you're working in a machine shop, then all of a sudden you know you oh, just, it's a small engine shop. Okay, so uh, mowers. Yeah, okay, commercial mower shop. Okay, really. you decided you want to be a part of the industry. Mm -hmm. Was that that was a conscious yes. decision that was made? Yes. Then. Uh, okay. For a while, I was getting out of the army. Actually, I was looking for industry jobs. Okay. And uh, didn't really know which where I would fit in easily. Uh, All right. Easiest. Wow, I can use English. Where it'd be in Urban Dictionary next yeah. week. Don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, you know where I could fit in in the industry that I loved. You know, I already know the the product line or at least the uh, the market a little mm -hmm. bit. And I wanted to focus on that and. Uh, the one thing I'm very grateful to my wife about, uh, or about her mentality is she is very accepting of change. She mm -hmm. doesn't like it, but we talk things out, you know, Hey honey, like this job, they're willing to hire me. You know, I passed the interview. It's three and a half hour. You know, we have to sell the house, find a house three and a half hours away. Oh, you had to move to go to shooters connection. Yeah. It was, uh, from, uh, uh, Clarksville, Tennessee area to mm -hmm. North of Lexington. Wow. So it wasn't that bad. So Did you get a lead on that job or just something you saw an ad or Facebook, Facebook. Yeah. Wow. Chuck uh, Bradley posted in the Facebook group. We're looking right. for to hire somebody and, uh, did the interview. The, uh, the pay was decent. Was, was that uh, your first touch of customer service? No, no, no. I was the, uh, front end manager at the job I was at. Oh, with okay. the Small engine shop. Yeah. So, and I, I grew up doing customer service with uh, helping my parents run the bed and breakfast in central Washington. Oh, okay. So, you know, and I did a lot of instructing when I was in the military. So public speaking has been a thing. So you were in customer service like I was. That's why you were like, were you on the range? You hated people like I do. <laughs> Uh, no, no comment. No, uh, I'm just kidding. We, uh, <laughs> when you do, when you do customer service sales for 20 years, yeah. you, you learn how to have a huge respect for individuality. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, and <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I threw you, you know, off. You're, you're, you're good. I, I, I do that a lot. But, but no, the, 
having some self-reflection is important whether you compete or not, right. you know, and it's, it's not about you. Everyone should be changing. It's about okay. identifying, is it affecting your life? Is it affecting your relationships? Mm -hmm. And in my case, you know, whether I like it or not, when I compete, I'm going to be around other people. Right. So the person that I want to be, you know, I, I didn't, I wanted to stop being a prick. You know, right. I, I, well, I was drawn to you. I was drawn to you for that trait because it intrigued me to see but, but it, someone compete. They didn't get the crap beat out of them in the parking lot for their attitude. Not even that. <laughs> it's just more of like, this is how it's going to be. And I'm going to do it. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do what I do. I'm going to handle it. And I respected that because that was your right to be that way. No matter, you know, I get why people didn't appreciate it, but it was still your individualism that made you who you are. So to understand, yeah. you go to a point where you're like this, you have the, you know, you're working with your shooter's connection. Then you get the job with Mark Seven. Seven, which allows you to go to Florida for a while. You have, you know, you realize that, you know, changes, you realize change happened before 2020, I'm sure. But you get to a point where you have that time to self-reflect. And shoot a lot. Okay. <laughs> I was competing three times a week. When was the switch that said, I can do this? Um. I'll, I'll, I'll twist that, that question a little bit. The Please. switch, the switch was really, uh, getting told flat out that, uh, my attitude was wrong. Okay. Uh, and I have no problem saying this. And in fact, you recorded some of it in live stream. Some of the, it was live. Yeah. yeah. Live uh, Nationals 2019. No, it was, uh, oh, 20, I think it was 2020, 2020, yeah. 2020. And, uh, long story short, I was calling for doubles a yep. lot. And, you know, now people who say doubles don't happen. I disagree with, they are rare. At the same time, you have a lot of ROs that are not quite as good at, at identifying close hits mm -hmm. uh, than others. Um, it's, it's the hardest part of the RO class correct, I took. Correct. Hardest part. But, you know, when one happens and you're pretty sure, you know, it, it's good and you call, that's one thing. But when you're, that's every other stage and you're calling for the range master. Mm -hmm. the long story short, uh, JJ lit me up for it respectfully. Yeah. And uh, wow. I, I thank him for that. Yes. I, I mean it. I really do. Uh, it was at the last stage and I was getting ready and he's saying some stuff and I'm like, huh? And well, I'm up and I pulled him aside and asked him like, you want to say something to me? And I like to hear it. And he, he goes off on me and I tell him, you're right. A hundred percent right. He, he, I'd already kind of come to the realization, but I was so stuck in that mode, you know, trying to salvage my performance that I didn't realize I was turning into something I didn't want to be. Wow. And, uh, I like to think that I've, you know, at the back of my mind now, whenever I look at a double or a, a mic, a miss, mm -hmm. you know, I have to, you know, it's John, do you really think that you, you nailed it? Do you really think that, that happened? Mm -hmm. I mean, can you like ask yourself first before you say a dang word and they walk by alpha mic? Like, yep, that's right. Okay. Let's, let's leave it alone. Let's move on with our lives. At the end of the day, this is a game. And if you can't walk away from this game with some self-respect on how you acted, you're competing for the wrong reasons. Okay. Um, everyone competes for their own reasons. Everyone is out here for themselves and at least some respect, you know, yeah, there's people who are there with their here with their junior shooters or their loved ones. It's a whole nother you know, family for some people. Whole, exactly. Mm -hmm. But by and large, you know, people aren't driving hours and spending hundreds of dollars out here for a community event. They're coming out here to see how well they can do. Right. And that's what I love about the sport is that it's an individual win or lose. Mm -hmm. It's my fault. Uh, it's a challenge. It's a something to push yourself on. So if your reasons are your reasons, go for it, man. But I, I'm not, I don't want to become or slide back into the person I was. Mm -hmm. the, it's not who I want to be. Well, I remember when we were at a match, I don't remember which one it was. You might, but I looked, uh, I, 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 it's either I took you to the side or I saw you to the side. I said, I said, or maybe it was walking through vendor row or something. I said, something's different about you. you know, different attitude, different, different persona. You were putting off different vibes altogether. And I knew I could read something. I wasn't sure what it was, but I knew something changed. And I remember I came to you about that and I said, where, where are you at? And you had this whole new outlook on shooting. You had this whole new outlook on how you wanted to, you know, carry yourself as an individual. Did, did it feel weird going back into the super squad with how you used to be? And then people seeing you different, did it make you feel a certain way? Or did you even, were you too focused on the match to, for lack of better words, pay attention to the, or care? No, I always cared. You know, I looked, I look up to JJ. Yeah. I look up to, to KC, to Max, these guys that have conquered more than I'll, I'll probably ever achieve. Right. You know, they, they've, they've done it. 
they've lived it. They've been living it longer than I've been competing. Right. So I look up to them and to see, to know that, that I am not held in high regard right. with the attitude I used to have, that should be enough. You know, it, that, yes, it, it should be enough. It's wonderful. To, they're not holding grudges. Or, yeah. And, and, you're not, and you're not holding a grudge on yourself. At the end of the day, as long as I'm still competing at this level, I am going to be forced in one way or another to compete alongside certain people at certain events. Mm -hmm. So you can either, uh, take that and, you know, shelter in your turtle shell and be like, no, I'm not going to change, you know, mm -hmm. eh, eh, eh. or you can accept that maybe they're trying to guide you to being a better person, a better competitor. Uh, it's not about letting the community change you as so much like, Hey, when multiple people are telling you the same thing, right. You know, what's that saying about you meet, you meet one uh, a-hole, you mm -hmm. know, you met an a-hole, mm -hmm. keep meeting a-holes all, all day long. Maybe it's you, <laughs> you know, and it, that, that's when it really clicked, but no, it, nice. it's, it's, I'm, I'm more able now to get on the super squad and, and shake hands and right. know that, you know, I, I want to, I want to beat them. They want right. to beat me. I want to beat them with a good attitude. Right. That's awesome. Uh, are you, are you still a bourbon connoisseur or have you cut back I've, a little bit? I've cut back a lot. Have you really? Yes. Uh, the, and that was a big part of the inflection or not inflection, uh, introspection okay. when I was down in Florida, realizing that I had a, had a minor problem Okay, and uh, I was using it as a crutch. I was using it as a, uh, a filler, so to speak. Mm -hmm. But no, I've, uh, cut back from that and, you know, it helped me cut weight and helped me, I think, become a better competitor. Uh, well, that's awesome. Cause I remember when you started working at Shooter's Connection, I remember a joke I did with you and I, and, um, I said, Oh, so you go from, I see you go from Shooter's Connection to president. So you can be president next. And you were like, uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't, I don't have any, any aspirations in that regard. This is, you know, I like to keep doing this as long as I'm still competitive. Right. Uh, however long that, that takes, we'll see what happens after world shoot. Uh, end of this year. And you have made the world shoot team. Are you, are no, you? No, clarification. I did not make the team. Okay. Uh, I, I'm going as an individual. Are you going I, as an individual? I DQ'd in 19. So that kind of. Through the, uh, through the points off. Through the points That's off right. a little bit. That's right. Uh, but no, I'm uh, very happy to go and be able to root on the team. And at the yeah. same time, not being on the team. Yes. Obviously I wanted to be on the team. Right. I wanted that prestige and that, that, uh, that opportunity, but there's a lot of pressure for those team members. Have you ever been to a world shoot before? No, I have not. This is your first one. Yes. What scares you? Uh, let myself down. Okay. You know, they're not preparing adequately. Uh, I've been shooting hell 200 rounds a day for the last few weeks in preparation for this match. I'm hoping to keep that up going into the end of the year. I have the resources now, you know, the only excuse is time and motivation. Uh, so I, I don't want there to be any excuses to say, Oh, I could have trained harder or I should have integrated more of this in my training. I should have, should have. When you're in, when I'm in Thailand at that match, the opportunities are over. You, you are what you are. You're at the level you're at. You brought the equipment you did make it happen. So have you set goals where you want to be at, at the world shoot? Not really. Okay. Uh, I obviously I want to, uh, for some background, actually, what, what started all of this, this aspiration, mm -hmm. uh, Bill Filiaga is a name probably a lot of people don't know. I don't. Uh, he was a, one of the old school grandmasters back when they first invented the term, okay. the title. Uh, older gentleman, uh, he's had some knee issues, doesn't really compete much, but he's up in Alaska uh, okay. and he's got his wall of trophies and somebody, and I heard this secondhand, but somebody walked in and said, Hey man, you got all these first, first, first seconds and all this, but what's this eighth place ribbon over here? This, why, why you got that on your wall? Oh, that's from the world shoot. Wow. And that was something it triggered something in my I brain. I get it. it w I had a great conversation with my father, you know, years ago about, Triton, when I started on this path and I said, I want to push it. I want to see what happens. I want to compete at the world shoot. I want to see how good I can be, you know, or how, how well I can do at the, uh, you know, world. I, and I want at some point there to be my name in some book, somewhere, some result, some page that says on this day, John Vlieger was the best, you know, at a national level event, at a world level, something to that effect. Like if I get anything out of these, oh, hell, come up on a decade now, pretty soon right. of competing, uh, what do I have to show for it? And Bill Filiaga got something out of that. Even though he's not able to compete at that level any longer, he has that. At one point, he beat all but seven people right. in, that wanted to compete at a world championship. Wow. That. So when you say, do I have goals? Mm -hmm. yeah, I'd get something out of it. I'd like to be able to put something on the wall. That's you know? awesome. Do I, do I think I'm going to win? No. Mm -hmm. But am I going to work towards as if I have the potential to win? Yes. So wow. to answer why I do this like that, I, I, I want to see what's possible right. before my knees give out, before my back gives out, before I, 
hitting a car accident. You know, no no one's guaranteed tomorrow. Yeah. So that's true. But yeah, that kind of comes down to how I look at it these days. And it's nice to have worked to a point to have the resources to make it happen and the people around me that support me doing it. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing your story so far. I think we could talk some more, but you can already have to shoot at area five here in just a little yep, bit. You might, you might need to walk a couple more stages before you get uh, ready to go, but we'll see what happens. Is there anything, you know, you haven't talked about, it, you want to make sure to the audience knows or anything? Or is uh, sure. touch, did we touch uh, anything? What, well, what, tell uh, me more. Just a little bit. Uh, I work in tech service at Mark seven. So yes. if you have one of our products, auto drive, uh, evolution, apex 10 or revolution press, mm-hmm. uh, you'll probably be talking to me. If you have an issue with it, you want to get it running optimally. Uh, but if you want to uh, get some of your life back, you should probably check out Mark 7. Yeah. Uh, even if you don't think you shoot enough to justify it, a uh, main reason why I bought one. So on a weekend, Saturday, Sunday, whatever, I can go to the garage, crank out a thousand rounds in half hour, 45 minutes, you know, while I do something else, clean a gun or something. And I guess I can then go back inside and hang out with my dogs and wife that I love. Very I have much. a question for you about that. Cause I mean, I'm, I don't use anything like that yet, but I've, I've reloaded some ammo and it seems like I was always tuning and always doing something to have to make sure it was staying. Automation it, helps with that in a way. Okay. So is it make it where you can, is it a truly set and walk away kind of thing? You should never walk away from a press that's operating. Okay. Ever. Okay. Like the, the sensors and the machine are the babysitters to okay. help you. You okay. are the operator. At the end of the day, that ammo being pumped out is your responsibility. Okay. So you still need still be there watching or be there mm-hmm. waiting for a sensor, but it's still not, it's, it's so much more less maintenance is what I was trying to say compared yes. to the other. And, and you might notice uh, that are out there. more consistent ammunition from it too, because right. you're taking the uh, human error aspect out of it mm-hmm. in a, you know, the, the, you're shook the powder measure a different way, or you didn't quite go to the bottom of the stroke, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. The main, the main thing is time savings though. Right. But, and I uh, still love the guys at Shooter's Connection. Yes. Uh, if you know, uh, if you need some stuff, chances are they have it and they'll mm-hmm. ship it the same day for you. But I uh, still love those guys still order from them, you know, once every other week or so. And, uh, I, man, those guys are great over there. Uh, the crew there will answer your questions and get you what you need. Wow. Well, that's wonderful. Well said. And I'm proud of you Thanks, uh, as, as an individual. I, I, I've seen a lot of people grow and leave and grow and stay. And it, a lot of things happen in the shooting sports. You've seen it as well as you've been in a lot longer than I have. But even in the five short years I've been in, I've seen a lot of people go because mm-hmm. it wasn't something they could handle or oh, want to change. It's an expensive hobby. Too. It's a very expensive hobby. So and again, um, show me a hobby that that's true. You can't get that. Can't that is not expensive. That's true. You know what? This one in race course is pretty up there, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Well, good deal. Well, if you have any questions for John that we didn't talk about today, I had more questions, but I know he's got to get out there and shoot. But send them to me at info at hundershdgold.com and I'll make sure to get them to John and he can respond as he has time. He's getting ready for the world shoot and I've talked to him about his um, preparation for that and he's getting ready to throw some rounds down the range at a very high level of intensity. <laughs> because, but until next time, thank you for watching or listening to Hunter's HD Gold Behind the Lens. And until next time, we'll see you at the range soon. Thanks, John. Thanks, Brian.